This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network. Search 76ers Podcast wherever you get your pods. This is Fanatic About the Playoffs from the 76ers Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings and 97.5 The Fanatic, with new episodes premiering the day after every 76ers playoff game. This is the Fanatic About the Playoffs podcast, and on this episode, we recap round one, game one, and look ahead to game two. What is Fanatic About the Playoffs? Our brand new postseason podcast series with us here at the 76ers Podcast Network and our pals at 97.5 The Fanatic, the radio home of the 76ers. New episodes drop the day after each and every 76ers playoff game. What's up? I'm Brian Seltzer. Excellent to be joined by my regular podcasting partner in crime here on a Mailbag Monday, Lauren Rosen, and from 97.5, the one and only Bob Cooney. Have you guys ever met? You are two of the finest people I know. Forget basketball reporters or sports media personalities. Is this a first? It is. It is a first. And um, you need to meet more people besides Lauren if we're two of the best people you've ever met. Um, but... Thank you for the compliment, Brian. I completely agree. (laughs) (laughs) If you're counting me as one of the best, yes, you do need to get out more, Celt. But it's a pleasure to finally meet you, I guess, virtually, not in person. That'll That'll be forthcoming. That's where we are right now, yeah. I think one thing that you guys already have in common is that you have had an abundance of opportunities to see me at my high maintenance worst. You can bond over that. Mm, I, I I don't ever recall anything about you being high maintenance, Brian. It's nice of you. You're the to lowest agree. maintenance person I've ever met. Checks. I haven't the seen you with the full beard though before. That that's a good look. I don't know. Is it? I, I kind of am doubting it. It's a lot. You'd think that it would be less to maintenance and take care of, but I'm finding it to be more hassle than helpful. It might have to go when I get my hair cut. I might have to bring everything into alignment. Okay. All right. We'll wait yeah. for that. Um, hey guys, playoff game one in the book, 76ers find their stride in the second half, get past the Wizards 125-118. Coons, typically what we do on a Monday podcast is we, we hear from the populace. We read some of our mentions and DMs that we get on Instagram and Twitter, and we also play some voicemails, so we're going to work those in. But why don't we start with this? Each of your respective takeaways from a game one victory for the 76ers over the Wiz. Yeah, I I thought it was – I don't think the Sixers played their best. I think Washington played about as good as they can play against this 76ers team, Uh, and the result was what the result was. I I was really disappointed with the refereeing in the first half, and I don't – I'm not that referee guy. I just think they had a bad day at the office in the first half. You don't call 3,000 Joel Embiid in the first half and have him play just 10 minutes, especially when two of those fouls were questionable at best. but, yeah, they did what they had to do in the second half. And, look, you, you've discovered a true number two score, and not just because of this game, but because of all season in Tobias Harris. Yeah, I, too, am not much of a much of one to opine on, on referees, but I do think the way that the first half went down for Joel was a bit of a shame. And I think that the math checks out, right, when he was able to play freely in the second half. The Sixers found their stride. But I completely agree with you seeing Tobias step in and step up in that big way on a national stage I think is really important for Tobias, but for this team, and also for this team's national respect. You're not even hearing a lot of people this morning chattering about Tobias Harris, and I hope Tobias Harris notices just that. 28 first-half points while Joel was was spending time on the bench and then finished 
of course, with 37. A really big game for Tobias. Great to see him step up. And and I agree. First half, maybe not indicative of, of what's to come when it comes to uh, figuring out Joel Embiid in this series. Um, the Wizards have their hands full. The whole thing with Joel was kind of like a dark comedic twist that Doc Rivers talked about after the game. You have the luxury, or what everyone thought was luxury, of four full practices, which never happens once the regular season gets started. And then within the first less than six minutes into the game, <laughs> that's all out the window because your megastar MVP candidate is on the bench. But I'd say, Bob, and you hear from the fans every single day in the morning on 97.5, um, I felt like a lot of people wanted to see if Tobias could translate all the great that he did from the regular season into the playoffs. I know it's just a game, but... I mean, talk about a statement. And he's just had that business, no-nonsense attitude about himself, I think, for the better part of the year. Yeah, when when Doc Rivers got here, we talked to him pretty much day one, and he said uh, right away at practice, he asked Tobias why he wasn't going to his left hand. And Tobias said, well, that's not the way the offense used to be drawn up. And he said, well, that's how you score most of your points. And we had Doc on Friday, and he said he's unstoppable when he's doing that. And he certainly seemed unstoppable on, on yesterday. But uh, I just think there's a confidence level with Tobias. You guys see it also, I believe, that he, he just feels he can score at will now, where last year it was a challenge more for him to score. This year it just seems to be a, a, an easy part of his game. And yesterday he realized the way to score was off the dribble, and he took the ball to the rim as much as he did. And he had a little bit of a mid-game, and he hit a three or two. He just has that, and it, it's it's going to make things so much easier on Joel Embiid when Joel Embiid is in the game, and it helps the team so much more if circumstances hap- like yes, happen like yesterday where Joel Embiid is sidelined with foul trouble. Couldn't agree with you more. All right, let us take our first dip into the mailbag on this Victory Monday. You have one new message. Wegan Kevin on Instagram says the Sixers didn't panic and quarrel with the referee's calls. In years past, they would have lost focus. I think that's something that's difficult to quantify, which team would get rattled. But I do think that a trait of this team, Lawrence, since the start of the year has been they have found ways to fight through adversity and get through close, tight game scenarios. And uh, I think that was obviously very important in them pulling out game one. Yeah, I agree. They found themselves in a situation, like you said, Doc Rivers had the opportunity to prep all week long, and then they didn't really get to show much of what they prepared for in that first half. But I liked what Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons both said post-game. They said that they have had to find ways to win without Joel all season long, and luckily they only had to do it for a few minutes in game one, but they were able to show that they did their homework, they understood the assignment, and they were able to succeed in a sort of pop quiz format to continue that terrible metaphor. Um, but they, they, yeah, they did a good job of capitalizing on the situation that they were put in and using the knowledge that they had built up all season long to make sure they got through that difficult stretch. T.Tacker on Instagram said, Everyone played great, but the atmosphere created with all these fans made it really enjoyable. Coons, you've been seeing, watching basketball at all levels for, I would... I would have to say maybe before you arrived on this planet, like when the when the DNA came together, it was like, hoops, yeah, that's this it. guy. Are, do you put much stock in that? I mean, 11,000 fans, that's a, that's a process era level crowd going back five or six years. But do you think it can really make that much of a difference? It, it, my first inclination would be no, because they're professional players and all, but they're human beings. And yeah, any any type of any type of boost you can get from anywhere. Uh, is welcomed, especially during the playoffs. So, yeah, and the Philadelphia crowd, 
I mean, we know how Joel Embiid feeds off of it, right? We've seen it his whole career. And Tobias Harris is really playing in his first playoff series in Philadelphia. And a lot of the other guys are too. I do. I think it's a boost, a tremendous boost. And look, this has been one of the best home home basketball teams over the last three years. There's something about the Wells Fargo Center that this organization really likes. Throw in more fans all the time. It's only going to get better. Lauren, you were down there courtside. What did it feel like being in the uh, in the building on Sunday? It felt different. And at the risk of sounding a little corny, I got a little bit emotional when I heard the fans get as excited as they did because it's been over a year since we've heard that level of noise. It was so much more than it's been all season long. And I remember when the team took the court and the fans sort of erupted, the guys looked a little confused too. Like they didn't realize that the noise was going to be as different as it had been all season long. And then um, on the big board, they flashed that there was no injury report and the, and the, crowd erupted because nobody was on the injury report and the players again were just like a little confused like they didn't understand because they didn't realize what was being shown on the injury report why the crowd was cheering like there was a little bit of a lag in terms of remembering what it's like to have other people there and mass in the way that it was yesterday it was really exciting it felt really different and and it was just nice it was a great way to start the playoffs um, and I know Doc Rivers agreed post game it was clear that Joel agreed in game um, it was cool it was definitely cool if you are a regular listener to the podcast on Mondays, you know our preferred method of communication. Because, listen, we, we take everything. The DMs, the mentions, all that stuff is great. We appreciate it. But we love to hear your voice rather than read your texts and all that good stuff. The pod line number is 215-403-7637, 215-403-PODS. Let us go to the aforementioned pod line for the first time and talk about more of the guy who made the major impact and difference in the game on Sunday. X-Factor. Biggest takeaway from the game was Tobias Harris. After a summer, everyone called for Jimmy Butler. Who comes up to show up big game one? Who's ready to take over the playoffs for the team? Ready for my man? Ready for the Sixers? Let's go, baby. Onward and upward. <laughs> I'm happy, Bob, that Tobias is getting respect. And seeing some love. I feel like he's a guy who has always worked hard and wanted it. As we talked about, it was just a bumpy end for him last year. But to his credit, it seems like everything's coming together this year. He seems to be in the right spot, not just mentally, but in how they're using him as well. Yeah, Doc Rivers is a big part of that, right, Brian? I mean, he just knows how to use him. I, I think uh, it's not a coincidence that Tobias Harris was having his best years when he was coached by Doc Rivers. There's something about the way he plays that Doc likes to coach. Straight line. Beat your man. I, I, As Doc said, I don't know if there's anybody that can really cover Tobias Harris one-on-one. And if you I, – I was wondering yesterday before the game, I was thinking that maybe they wouldn't double Joel Embiid and they would maybe look – I said it on the airwaves yesterday before the game – that they may look to double Tobias Harris and let, let Joel Embiid get his 30 to 40 points. Uh, they didn't do it. And it might be something that Scotty Brooks thinks about in the near future. Uh, but yeah, I, I, the, the offensive game just comes easy to Tobias Harris. And, and as I said, Doc Rivers has a lot to do with that. Lauren, I don't think, at least based on game one, Rui Hachimura does not seem like he's the answer for slowing down <laughs> Tobias Harris. <laughs> he certainly does not seem like the answer, but is he the answer to slowing down Ben Simmons? Is he an answer to help with Joel? Not really. It's interesting when you look at this starting lineup. And Celtics, you and I talked about this, whether or not they would maybe mix up their starting lineup at some point in this series. I think that that still could happen. If you're starting Beal, Westbrook, and Howell Neto, 
who who is responsible for all the length that the Sixers are bringing to the court? Tobias Harris noticed, the rest of the team noticed, and they were able to capitalize. I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe uh, made some adjustments in the next few games because there is no answer there. Black Trey underscore responding to our Instagram sticker question that we post on at Sixers every Sunday for the Monday mailbag. He said, J. Cole, I mean, Tobias Harris, great game one. Vince Horner says, Tobias Harris and just how amazing he played, as well as the defense for the Sixers. Defense was an improving factor throughout that game. Obviously, it makes a difference when Joel can stay on the floor, but they really seem to ratchet things up midway through the third quarter after they fell behind by five at that point of 77-72 and the Sixers needed the timeout. Well, it's funny because what, what do you look to do defensively with a, a Russell Westbrook and to a Bradley Beal is you want to funnel them into the lane, especially Beal, right? You want to take them off the three-point line, make them beat you off the dribble. And the thing is, who's there to help stop, who's there rim protecting is Joel Embiid. You, you couldn't have that in the first half. And in the second half, early at least, he couldn't come over. It had to be a hands-off approach because he couldn't get that fourth foul. Once he was past the foul trouble barrier – and you had Matisse Seibel coming out and you had um, Ben Simmons playing on him a little bit. I think they figured some things out. And uh, I, I thought the defensive job they did yesterday on those two was more than adequate. Sneaky good defensive game from Tobias, too. We've talked about his offense, but he had a pair of steals. The team had 10 steals to Washington's four. Keep in mind, they led the league in steals tied with the Wizards, 9.1 steals per game this season. And they were able to show up in the postseason and, and do just the same. So forcing those turnovers, getting in guy. You, you talked about Matisse Thibel in that thir third quarter. We can't not discuss how impactful he was against Bradley Beal there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a slower start, but on the offensive and defensive end alike, they, they seem to really figure it out as the game went along. We'll do a little bit more X-Factor talk and take a look at some other guys who had big performances, timely performances for the 76ers in a moment. But hey, Sixers fans, how about this? You could win $10,000. $10,000. How great is that? DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official betting partner of your 76ers. They're going to have free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in cash prizes. That sounds outstanding. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code SIXERS when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in cash prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Outstanding. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That promo code, once again, Sixers. Limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. you got to be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You have one new message. Okay, so I always end up butchering some of these social media handles. I hope I get the right number of numbers on this one. Rye bread, one 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 one, twenty eighteen. How about this for an X factor? Mister Seth Curry getting rocked to the floor at the end of the first half, then fighting back during that sixteen to four run. He was awesome, and to me, this is what I love about the playoffs: to succeed at the highest level, more often than not, your stars have to be your stars. Like Joe. Tobias, Ben are going to have to be big if the Sixers want to get as far as they can go. But within the weeds and the margins of particular games, you can have non-primary guys step up and make huge plays. And during that 16-4 to run, 
Danny Green with five points. Seth Curry with two threes during that stretch. And that's when the Sixers went up 88-81, and the roof nearly came off the building. And I think that was as decisive a stretch in the game as any to get the Sixers back in it. Yeah, you, you need those two guys. I, I've said it often that I uh, too many times this year, and it's nitpicking, and you're the number one seed, but you, you're always looking for perfection. Too many times this year you get 15 out of Danny Green and not much from Curry, or vice versa, 18 from Curry and not much out of Green. If you can get both of those guys going a little bit, and look, this is the team, the Washington Wizards, that you can get those guys going because they want to play with pace. And, when, and the Sixers are playing with pace, matching that pace. Those guys flare out and they find their open spots. They are so good at doing that, Danny Green and Seth Curry. If they're flaring out and finding their spots, they're going to be big in this series. And that little run that you talked about yesterday, big run that you talked about yesterday, Bri, it's exactly where they shined. And, and you're absolutely right. If they're out and running and Seth Curry and Danny Green are spotting up and finding their spots, which they're so, so good at doing, this team is going to put up 125 a night. And I'd add, I think that the the confidence factor is big. You mentioned Seth going down at the beginning, at the end of the first half. Rather, he was also scoreless in the first half. Danny only had three in the first half. So the fact that the two of them came out and were able to participate in that third quarter run with such confidence, I think that shows the experience that the two of them have, the calm under pressure that the two of them have. Good shooters keep shooting as they both did, and then they were super successful in that third quarter. So I think the confidence piece is huge. You said it, Bob. The way that they flare out, the way that they find their spots, if they shoot the way they shot. They have to be guarded all the time. Joel has to be doubled all the time. Okay, you're going to leave Tobias. You're going to leave Ben. I don't think so. It's, it's a good formula. It's, it's no surprise that this starting five is working out pretty well so far. Back to the pod line we go. You have one new message. I think the biggest takeaway from the Sixers game last night is that the stars were really aligned for the Wizards to win. Joel was in foul trouble. Tobias Harris had to play out of his mind to keep the offense going. Nobody's shots were falling. Ben wasn't great from the line. And despite all that, they still won. Like The Wizards had the biggest chance to win that game, and the Sixers stayed in it, which isn't something that's happened really in the past. Also, you could say another big takeaway would be Tyrese Maxey getting uh, playoff minutes. Uh, we know Doc hasn't been the most uh, willing to play rookies in his previous stops, but playing Maxi shows that he really trusts him. Love the pod. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. And thanks for calling. What do you think, Bob? Tyrese Maxi, when he was brought into the game, and how he was used. What do you think of that? Yeah, this is getting interesting, I think, a little bit. So... Uh, Doc didn't have a lot of confidence in Shake Milton yesterday. Only played him 10 minutes. And Shake has I, – I don't Brian, we've seen it before. I don't know if he's hit, hit the wall. He's not a rookie, but he's pretty much playing time-wise is a rookie. I don't know, Lauren. You might you might agree also that, that something's going on a little bit with Shake Milton that it seems Doc doesn't have as much confidence as he did before. So when we talked to him on Friday – Doc just had a little throwaway line talking about the last 10 games of the season. He said, we won them, but they were against bad teams. So we didn't get a lot out of it, but we did get a lot of look at, at Tyrese Maxey. And it made me think, wow, he's really thinking of having him as a heavy part in this rotation after George Hill, after Dwight Howard, I think there's still a little bit of a battle going on there with shake Milton and Tyrese Maxey for those, you know, major minutes off the bench. I mean, look, I think that watching Tyrese succeed in his first playoff minutes was enough to make me smile. It made my heart happy. It made the people in the building really happy. And I think at the end of the day, Doc said he wasn't going to be scared to go 11, maybe even 12 deep in these playoffs. 
He proved that he was willing to go at least 11 deep yesterday. And, and I do think that having Tyrese as an option, especially to spark offense, to just bring a little bit of punch when the team needed it, he was able to do it. I mean, it's, it's, it's never a bad thing to have that depth. And it's cool to see that Doc is going to be willing to experiment, at least in these first few games, with what exactly is going to stick. And if you're going to match speed with that second unit, you have to match Ish Smith. Uh, Tyrese Maxey might be your guy to do it. For I'm not saying every time Ish Smith Ish Smith's going to get you 24 minutes for for Washington, and you can't afford I don't think to play Maxey that long. But if you're talking about matching second unit energy and speed, Tyrese Maxey's probably the guy you're going to to do that. The first guy, guys, that I put on my X factor list for the game yesterday was Ish. Because when Washington took control, he was the one who got in there, I thought, and helped give the Wizards some pace. And right, I think that uh, I think that's a good point, Bob, that you bring up, that certainly Tyrese has the, the speed and the style of play that could go up uh, against that. One more from the pod line as we go to Vinny. You have one new message. Hey, I just want to leave my takeaway for the game yesterday. I think the big thing you can take away from this game is that even when the Sixers aren't at their best, uh, they're going to take care of business against the Wizards. Joe played 30 minutes, had 30 points, didn't even look like he was trying until the last eight minutes of the game. I think this is going to be an easy, I want to say sweep, but we'll just say a five-game series. Uh, gentlemen, sweep. Thanks. We actually haven't really talked about Joel Embiid at all and what he did in the second half. I'm not sure if it wasn't trying. Um I thought, listen, uh, maybe behind the 16-4 to run in the third quarter, the stretch when Joe knocked down back-to-back-to-back mid-range jumpers late in the fourth really set the 76ers up, gave them the insurance they needed. And still, it's I don't want to say the, the Wizards looked or sounded demoralized, but um, one of the things that their guys kept saying out of the locker room, whether it was I saw a quote from Bertans and I think Beal as well. It's like the reality, the Sixers have a lot of talent. <laughs> and it's like, well, if Tobias gets hot, then what do you do with Joe? And if Joe's hot, what do you do with someone else? Um, there are poisons to be picked. And uh, it was nice to see Joe at the end fight through um, the uh, the calls that went against him early and then come up with some big plays. Yeah, I, look, this is a number one seeded team. They They should beat this Washington team, even when they're not at their best. And I think that's exactly what yesterday was. I, I think it was a B minus C plus F, not effort, but game by the Sixers, execution of game by the Sixers. A lot of factors played into it. But yeah, you're still that much better than the Washington Wizards. I, I said it yesterday on air, and I think Friday, I think the Sixers sweep. I don't think there should be a game that Washington's in. I think yesterday's pretty much what you're going to get out of Washington. And even with a below that below than stellar effort by the Sixers I was pretty comfortable during that whole game I didn't I, I thought it was fine well I think I think it's interesting that that our caller said that Joel didn't have to try until the end I don't know if I would be willing to say that I think he was able to really activate at the end I think he was playing timid because he had to timid might be the wrong word but he had to be careful throughout let's say the first three quarters and then as soon as he was able to just be aggressive and do his thing he was able to do it right away luckily he didn't need need to up until that point um I think that I agree with both of you Wizards don't have much of a match and I think that Joel if if he's not in foul trouble in the first half there's so much more there so if the Sixers can get better and we're not sure the Wizards can after game one I think that tells you what you need to know there were a handful of Things I enjoyed hearing after the game. Loved hearing Joel pump up Tobias for stepping up when Joe was on the bench. Then hearing Tobias reflect on the type of season he had. This one also 
caught my ear from the head coach talking about number 25. They said it. I thought he was special. Whoever he guarded struggled scoring. He created so many points for us tonight. Off the glass to three, off transition to three, creating uh, switches that they didn't want to have. He's just some, he's a treasure. I mean, he, he's something that you don't see a lot in this league. He has such a skill set that is so different. All I see is, is greatness in him. And I just want him to keep doing what he's doing. If anything, Doc Rivers has been consistent this season in saying he wants Ben to do exactly what Ben is at full strength and elite at doing. There's no doubt. Yeah, and I have no problem with that. And I might be in the minority about how good I thought Ben Simmons was yesterday. Look, 0 for 6 from the foul line, that drives me crazy. And I've been an advocate. I don't I don't care for him to shoot jump shots. I'm, I'm on the Doc Rivers side of it. I want him to finish better around the basket because that's where he goes and that's where he would be at his best finishing. Um, but what he does defensively and the opportunities he creates, he had eight offensive rebounds yesterday. You think about that in a tight playoff game, that's eight extra possessions. Uh, you know, he just does things that I think you have to look a little harder to see, but affect the game as much as scoring. I think worth noting, too, that this is a game that Russell Westbrook played in, and Ben Simmons was still the game's leading rebounder and leading assister. 15 points, 15 rebounds. No one's talking about it. I get the free throw thing is is challenging to watch, but Ben wasn't happy with that either. So I think that we can we can celebrate a little bit more the things that he is able to do as Doc has encouraged people to do all season long because he really created a lot of opportunity for this team yesterday and is going to continue to moving forward. I don't always take these numbers to be letter of the law. I do think it helps provide like a more holistic picture of what happened. But if you go into those, the stats.nba.com, advanced matchup box scores, um, according to the box score, Ben was on Bradley Beal for seven and a half minutes in game one. Beal went one for six, 0 for four from three, and scored two points. Now, his team scored while he was out there, but all but two, uh, only two points scored by Bradley Beal with Ben Simmons on him, according to that. Um, Listen, whether or not that's totally accurate, I think it speaks to the fact that Ben had an impact defensively for sure. Look, as much as you can look at Joel Embiid offensively or a Bradley Beal offensively, a Steph Curry, and you say, man, that's a matchup nightmare, or they, they're just going to do what they do offensively, I think that's how offensive players look at Ben Simmons defensively. Like, oh, my God, here he comes. I mean, he his defense is phenomenal, and it, it can go from a Russell Westbrook to a, to a Bradley Beal. It could go to a five-man. The things that he does defensively on that floor, and Brian, the run that you talked about earlier, look at the defense that was played during that also. Uh, he, he is spectacular defensively, and he can turn the game with his defense as well as a Bradley Beal, a Joel Embiid, a Steph Curry can with their offense. I lied. I said we were done with the voicemails. One last one to sneak in from You're our good a liar, old. Brian. I know. I am I am not a truth teller. But uh, when it comes to the pod line, we try to accommodate as many callers as we possibly can. We want to get them gear. I think this is our last one. You have one new message. Hey, this is Mike. I think um, one of the big takeaways that's not Tobias or Joel related was uh, how important Ben is, continues to be. So people talk about the 0 for 6 from the line and uh, occasional lack of scoring drive you just see in every other way it's just so essential to what the team does and needs to be um so i think a little ben appreciation after that performance on d and continuing to distribute as he does kind of run run stuff um without him they're they're in big trouble so just 
want to give a little love to Ben uh, because he's going to be hearing it otherwise. So Ben Simmons, key takeaway from the first game, and I uh, want to see what he can do the rest of the series. Thanks, guys. Yes, no doubt. When you have 15 assists, you're helping the cause for sure. And I think it speaks to we know that Ben's this type of player. Listen, when Tobias has it going on, you're not going to see Ben Simmons try to go get himself some if <laughs> if someone's got the hot hand. He's going to help feed it. Um, I thought this was a series that Ben could have a presence in, could have an impact in. We certainly saw it defensively. Um, and, yeah, I think, uh, like we all said, the, the foul line thing, you'd love to see that, uh, and it'll need to be turned around moving forward as the stakes get higher. But I'm always here for some Ben love. Sure, why not? And Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris combined for 43 points. So, uh, you know, you can look at it that way, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just – he gives you so – you scored 125 points. I, that that's really good. It was the most scored by an NBA playoff team this weekend. And, and, and people are going to settle on that Ben Simmons had six. I, I'm not there. I, that's not the best part of his game. And the other parts of his game are elite and I'll, I'll focus on them. Well, Ben said early in the season, he doesn't care if he has zero points as long as the team wins and he's putting his money where his mouth is in the playoffs. I am totally, totally fine with that. I also asked him about defense after the game, and I think it was interesting that he felt that he could do a lot better defensively. I didn't. I thought he did a great job. So did his head coach. I'm looking forward to seeing what that means because he really is challenging himself. I don't know if we talk enough about um, how hard it was on him last year to not be able to play in the playoffs at all and have to watch sort of helplessly as the team fell the way that they did. So Ben hasn't been in a, in a meaningful playoff matchup in a really long time. And, and even when he was – that was a team that had a really different makeup against Toronto. So I think that this is going to be a big series for Ben, and I'm I'm excited for him to continue leveling up if this is his starting point. And let's not forget, I, I think Ben Simmons is a lot smarter than people give him credit for when it comes to the, ba- the game of basketball. Let's not forget how much Tobias Harris struggled in the playoffs last year. Let's maybe give Ben a little credit to say, hey, it, it it's good for me to feed him, to get him going, for this playoff run. So A, he forgets about last year and B, he's the scorer that we need on this team. I like that. I'm here for that next level thought, Bob Cooney. I dig. There you go. I dig. Uh, You taught me how to think that (laughs) next level, Brian, years ago. Uh, All right. Speaking of which, the Washington Wizards and 76ers, as we head into game two, they will have to think next level. What's going to change? The adjustment. We always hear about adjustments, playoffs, adjustments. Does the true quote-unquote chess match begin now that we have game one under our belt, Bob? How do you view this? Well, it's funny. So what adjustments do you make if you're Washington? It has to be defensively, and and you have to point to Tobias Harris. What are you going to do? You're going to double him? I suggested before yesterday's game, it might be something you do. Well, if you do, that means that Joel Embiid's going to go off for 40 or so. Uh, I don't know what difference they really can do. And Lauren pointed it out. Look who you're putting out there to cover this long Sixers team. Maybe they make adjustments in the starting lineup. Uh, I don't know. But the Sixers, your adjustments, I don't. there's really nothing that you have to make. You didn't play all that well. You had factors come into it because of that. And you still won a game, scoring 125 points. So if I'm the Sixers and I'm Doc Rivers, it's everything just keeps going the way you're going. If I'm Washington, yeah, I have to look deeper into how do you stop Tobias Harris from going for 37 points. The guys had a week-long layoff, and they all talked about it after the game, about how it did take a minute to get back in rhythm, and then they still 
like you pointed out, Bob, had 125 points more than anybody else in this first weekend. And the starters especially had an even longer layoff because they didn't play in that final regular season game. So considering how much time it's been between, and then I guess you can add, there weren't that many meaningful games before that. So it's been like weeks since this team has really engaged and really put their foot down. So I look forward to seeing them continue get into the rhythm that they were able to start mostly in the second half on Sunday. Tobias from the jump, of course. But I think when you talk about a chess match, the Sixers moves maybe don't change a ton. They just sort of keep pushing down on the pedal and, and refining what they were able to figure out in game one. And looking a couple layers deeper, when you're examining what Washington did, can you really expect much more from... Alex Len and Daniel Gafford, you got 24 points out of those guys. Is that going to happen again? Like, I don't know. And, you know, Westbrook, maybe he could take it up a little bit. Um, you know, I guess if I'm Washington, you try and clean up some of those turnovers that happen late. But I think it sounds like we're all in agreement. Washington, uh, probably at least as far as what they've shown, body of work over this season. Uh, game one looked like it was a pretty good version of itself, and it still wasn't enough. So it will... Uh, Things to watch for. Things to watch for. Yeah, I, I think of – I don't want to say frustration sets in after one game in a seven-game playoff series, but I think reality smacked Washington in the face if they thought they were, you know, going to come in here. I, I'm sure they, they believe they're going to compete, but I, I think reality told them yesterday, all right, we played a pretty good game. Embiid only played 10 minutes in the first half. Uh, for what it's worth, Ben Simmons, we held him in check offensively and we still wound up giving up 125 points and losing a game. So I, I don't think they're frustrated. I wouldn't go that far, but I would say that they really know who the Sixers. Sixers have beaten them four straight this year. They know who they are and they, they know that it's going to take a lot for them to, to come out, I think, with even a win in this series. Seltz, you talked about adjustments for Washington, and, and I do want to give Bradley Beal a little bit more credit than maybe we've given him on this pod. He had 33 points in what felt a little bit like an off night. We saw him drop 60 against the Sixers early in the season. He can unlock another level. I wouldn't be surprised if he did later in the series, but Ben Simmons, who guarded him finally, we hadn't seen that in the regular season, also believes he can unlock another level. Matisse Thibel, I think, can unlock another level. It took him a minute to sort of get his footing in what's really his first traditional playoff run. Matisse has not played a playoff game at home in his career, even though he's a second year player. He found his footing in the third quarter. And now that this matchup is going to continue, both of those guys have a chance to just continue sort of jawing away at him as the series goes on. I look forward to seeing what more Beal adds to his game, but I look forward to seeing how the Sixers continue to learn to defend him. Game two to me, this is a hope squasher game. I want to see more urgency from the Sixers. Go out there, Remind them that you are indeed the superior team. And I think at that point, psychological edge takes over. Um, maybe things get interesting in, in the games in Washington. Who knows? It shifts sites. But I think not to sound, because uh, I certainly, I feel like it's not my brand to sound like an, an overly bold, takey, or confident human. But uh, I think you squash some hope in game two, show them what's what. And, uh, you know, that will certainly put the Sixers in a very favorable spot. Did you say it's a hope squasher game? You haven't heard of those? Hope squashers. Oh, okay. Is that what they trotted out at Penn? Hope squasher games. I was only an English minor, not a major, but oh, I think okay. that's what they called it. There yeah. You go. yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. You don't want to give this this uh, Washington team any confidence, and especially like Lawrence said, you have a guy in Bradley Beal who went off for sixty against the Sixers earlier this year. Although they did win the game, you you don't want them to get any ounce of confidence uh, more than they already have. Russell Westbrook is never going to lose any confidence in himself, but as a team as a whole, you don't want them to think they're in this series even a little bit. I agree with you, Bry, uh, and and I think it can happen if the Sixers just come out and play their game on Wednesday night, it, it's a hope squasher. 
Hope squashers. It's a new thing. We can say if it starts to catch on, it was born here. That's right. Yeah. I'm with it. It was born here and it'll die. Yes, that's right. Yes. Very little, very short shelf life. Uh, the hope squasher squashed. Uh, all right, guys, this was fun. Coons, always, always great to talk to you. Uh, always great talking hoops with you guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. We're only two episodes in, but have loved getting this fanatic about the playoffs postseason series off the ground. Again, huge thanks to our friends over at 97.5 The Fanatic, the flagship station of the 76ers, for helping make this happen. You can hear Bob Cooney on the John Kincaid Show every weekday morning starting at 6 a.m. until 10 on 97.5 The Fanatic, the flagship of the 76ers. Next episode of Fanatic About the Playoffs will drop the day after Game 2, and that will be on Thursday around lunch. So please do look for it at that point in time. For your daily 76ers postseason podcast update needs, we offer you the scoop. Search 76ers scoop wherever you get your pods, and then just follow along for your daily five-minute Sixers updates. You've been listening to Fanatic About the Playoffs from the 76ers Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings and 97.5 The Fanatic. Look for new episodes the day after every 76ers playoff game. And follow the 76ers Podcast Network by searching 76ers Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.